0: Hello, everybody. This is ShiftM podcast, uh, episode number six, and we have a special guest today, Suzanne Madsen. Did I say the name right?
1: Yes, that's fine. Thank you.
0: Okay. Yeah, and I just give a few like words about your about you, and then you will introduce yourself. What I know about you is you're you are the blogger, uh, a book author. And uh, you have quite popular Twitter account and you're making money by consulting companies about leadership and management. Am I right?
1: Yes, that captures it
0: very well. So now you just introduce yourself and then I'll have a lot of questions for you.
1: Okay, fantastic. So I, um, I've i lived and worked in London since 2000. I'm actually originally Danish. Uh-huh. And... Uh, Throughout that time I've been managing projects and uh, and programs, you right in what you're saying, I've um I've authored two books. I have um I'm now consulting, I'm doing lots of uh, project leadership training. But I think what's more interesting really is how I came to change my career from being a project manager myself to um coaching coaching others because I also have a, a coaching qualification. Um is this a good time to to tell that story?
0: Yeah, go ahead, of course. Yeah.
1: So um, basically, in two thousand and eight, I'd been running a large pr- program at that at that time, and I was pretty exhausted. And uh, I kept thinking I was going to be going to be fired because the three project managers before me had been fired, um, and um, it, the, the survival of the of the business I was working for depended on this project. So it was it was pretty heavy, and uh, it, it was a large project with about fifty people on it. It lasted for over two years, and. Um, Basically, I was very lucky. I attended a leadership uh, course for five days at that time. And just what I remember from that leadership course was that I was coached. It was my first time of a one-on-one coaching conversation. And, And it really opened my mind to understanding that i could do something differently it it sounds very simple but it had such a profound effect on me i I really realized that i could make changes and i would get a different outcome i mean it, it sounds simple but but for me it was such a revolution i realized i didn't just have to to quit project management if I felt it was too exhausting. Mm-hmm. And, and really that one experience changed everything for me. I got interested in coaching, I started uh, uh, studying coaching, and in 2009 I qualified as a coach. Mm-hmm. I got interested in leadership and I started writing my first book, the um, Project Management Coaching Workbook. And the rest just followed on. For Four and a half years ago I decided to do this full time. I've been blogging since 2009. And um, there came a point when I couldn't do both anymore, so I decided four and a half years ago to focus fully on coaching, on uh, developing project managers into leaders, and uh, I wrote my second book at that time as well. So I think that's a fuller introduction, really.
0: Yeah, that sounds, sounds interesting. And that actually helps me to ask me the first question, because uh, I write a lot about managing and project management, but I, I I don't really know what leadership is about. I mean, I'm not a professional in that area and I want to ask, is it a different thing from management or project managing? So leadership and management, they're like two different things or they overlap somehow. Can you define us? Can it help us to define what they are?
1: Yeah, are the absolutely. I, I, they do overlap but I see it I see them as being very different as well the management side I think is what project managers would be normally more familiar with so it's um, what we do a lot of the time we deliver something uh, to certain parameters you know we have the time cost quality triangle we deliver a certain outcome it's all quite rational and you um, we can we can estimate effort and calculate duration. That's kind of the words that we use in project management. It's almost like there's a science to it, and we can debate whether our estimates need, you know, plus minus 15% buffer, and it, it's almost, as I said, like a science. Um, also, management is really a bit based on, I would say, telling others what to do. So that is changing at the moment with more collaborative working, but I would say the traditional way of, of project managing is that project manager would do the plan and 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 of course with input from team members but they would by and large they would instruct others and um, that's very much a management view is very much rational well you know I'm, I'm, I'm the manager I tell you what to do I know that many project managers are not they can't in detail instruct people in tasks because they don't have the expertise but they're still they're still kind of instructing others in when things need to be done and what the specifications are etc
0: now don't you think it's wrong
1: Uh, No, no, no. I don't think it's wrong. I don't think we have to get away from that. I think it definitely has a place. And and I'm I'm not here to tell people to stop managing. I'm here to tell people that they need some leadership as well. Because if we only use this management uh, way, it's very hard to gain engagement from people. It's all very good to to create a plan or to to be very rational about certain deliverables. But it's really people who deliver projects. So if you want to engage the the team, which we do, we need to move more into the leadership side. Because leadership in comparison to, in contrast to management, is more people-oriented. It's much more about understanding the individual, what motivates the individual. And, um also inspiring people to um, follow and to implement that which the project demands that we that we implement so so leadership has a different taste to it. It has a different texture, it's more engaging, it's more um collaborative, but not from a management point of view collaborative collaborative because I'm interested in the people I'm interested in making it work for others. It's not me telling others what to do it's it is by nature about us, about the team. So as a leader, you create the space and, and the environment for others to, um, to contribute and, and to excel.
0: Well, we still, yeah, I got that, but we still remain as project managers, you said. So we still, for example, if I'm a manager, I still instruct people, like you're saying, instruct people what to do and tell them what to do. But on top of that, you're saying that I need leadership. So we are not removing this instructing people or we are still instructing them.
1: Okay, so um good question. So I see this as um, um, both management and leadership are required for project managers. Um, instructing people is sometimes. Uh, a good style, but it is not the only style we should rely on. If if I just instruct people, again, I'm not collaborative at all. I'm not actually listening to others. I'm not actually inviting others to step in. Sometimes, if it's a short task, if it's something that's black and white, it's quicker just to instruct people. At other times, it's much more empowering to coach people, to use a more, well, what, what do we think? What, uh, what will you do to... Um, Or or, or when we plan to step back and let the team plan. I'm still there. I'm contributing as a team member, but I'm not the one who's instructing. So what I'm saying is sometimes it's appropriate, but not all the time.
0: Yeah but you're but you you know as a you you know as a prince 2 certified project manager right you know that project management is about like you said the triangle so about drawing the scope and understanding the budget and understanding what what has to be done by certain people and then my job as a project manager is to tell them what to do but then at some point you're saying that i have to switch roles and become a leader and forget my my duties of telling people what to do, so it's isn't it, isn't it a kind of a conflict of interest? So what I need to do, being a friend and a coach and a leader, or being a manager who has to follow all these triangle requirements?
1: No, I don't think it's fundamentally the project manager's role to tell others what to do. I think it's a project manager's role to um, to lead the team, to focus the team, mm-hmm. to make sure we all understand what we're delivering to um, do lots of other things that we all are aware that the project manager does and the question is how do you as a project manager get the best from the team how do you as a project manager get the best outcomes if you believe fundamentally that project management is about telling others what to do I think that's limiting very limiting
0: But well, we still, like you said, there's still some, you know, some necessity to to give orders or instructions or whatever because there are some, you know, some signs of a project management which requires us to to build some structure on the project, or or this is from the past because some people told me I've heard that opinion that this is kind of the the management from the past where people were actually following these requirements and the the management triangle and uh, working by the documents, but now it's more a time of teams which are more flat and there's no like central boss or central manager and the team somehow by itself moves, moves forward.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's, um, it's not about the team by itself moving forward. It's not about the project manager being invisible. It's about the project manager relating to people in a different way, I think. So the time cost quality triangle, of course, we still need to deliver. Of course the project manager still communicates some of the constraints we have, but but they work together in the team to find out can we what can we deliver by this time? It's not me as a project manager who bears the responsibility to plan all of this out. It is us because if I bear the responsibility as a project manager, my team is not engaged, right? Because it's the mm-hmm. project manager who promised it all. So what do I know? I wasn't asked. If we want teams that are high-performing and teams that actually buy in and weigh into the whole thing, they've got to have a stake in it. The only way you can give people a stake is by, is by inviting them in, inviting them into the planning room, inviting them in where the decisions are being made. And that's what I'm talking about. The project manager still needs to um, be maybe the conduit between upper management and the team. The project manager still needs to relay some, some requirements. Of course, all of these things still need to happen. But it is how I relate to the team that's different. That, that's really the essence of, of that mm-hmm. leadership aspect is how I relate to the team, how I engage the team.
0: Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that that makes sense. But um, my next question is, uh, can I or our listeners actually learn that leadership skills and techniques? Or is it something which people are born with? Because the project management is more like a sign. Like so you can read a book and understand how to manage this triangle and just do everything by the book and you will become more or less a good project manager. Well, let's say you don't pay attention to people. You don't care about all this, but you will still follow the rules and you will still give instructions and you will do everything by the book. And somehow the project will, I guess, move forward. But the leadership thinks more like it sounds like more psychological questions and more questions about how do you feel people there's some or there are some you know uh, body of knowledge which I can study and become a good leader
1: Yeah there's some good observations. I agree that management can be studied and you can learn to be a to be you know apply good project management techniques on, on the leadership side people some people would say that yes you're born with certain skills and leadership but leadership can very much be learned in fact, I believe it has to be learned. Nobody is born a perfect leader either. Although some people have a natural tendency to connect better better with people. So the ways to develop it is, um, well, first of all, if we work for someone who's a great leader, which unfortunately doesn't happen that often. Mm -hmm. And, and if we are mentored by a great leader, that's really the best way because that person will stop and say, Hmm, just reflect on on that meeting we had for a moment. They they will mentor you in the moment. So um, that's obviously the the best way. Um, Working with a coach, working with a, a coach on leadership in particular, will be very beneficial what 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 leadership is really about in this in, in, in when we learn it is about awareness it's about building awareness about how I come across about what my values are what I do what I don't do how I react in certain situations all of that stuff it's self-awareness it's very hard to become a good leader without that self-awareness because leaders leaders are very aware of how they act in certain situations, how they, whether they instruct or whether they coach, whether they react, whether they hold back their reactions, all of that stuff. They're very self-aware. So the the way to develop that is to um, reflect personally. People can reflect at the end of each day. How did I? Um, what happened today? Am I happy with what happened? Am I? What could I have done differently? Not being overly critical, just observing ourselves and making some notes, maybe at the end of the day, and beginning to work mm, consciously with our behaviors. So there's some of the ways we can work with it, keep a journal, work with a coach, work with a mentor, of course, reading books, but reading books just gives you theoretical knowledge, it doesn't give you the practical application of it.
0: Okay, I get it. But do you personally have any experience of people who were bad leaders and then you started to coach them or maybe not not yourself, but somebody else. So you started or somebody started to coach them and then they became better leaders. Have you seen that? Oh,
1: of course. That's, that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. Um, the, the thing is, however, it doesn't happen overnight. It
0: uh-huh. doesn't
1: happen from just attending. And, and I run a lot, lot of leadership um, workshops. Um, Good leaders are not built in a two-day workshop, but a two-day workshop or a a seven-day workshop or whatever it is um, can give people insights, very profound insights that they can take with them to the project. And what we do on some of the workshops we run is we pair people up in buddies so that after the workshop they actually have a peer, like a buddy, who they can continue... um, The peer-to-peer conversations with and they have personal development plans they know what they want to develop we've done very deep work with them where they understand more about their personality more about what they need to work on absolutely I've seen that happen absolutely
0: and how do you know it happens because their projects are more successful or because they're telling you this
1: because they come back and say that they have different experiences with people they come back and say that people react to them differently that's that's when you know because it's in, I'm not interested in giving people more knowledge. I'm interested in seeing people do something differently. So when they come back and report back, so we're running some some leadership workshops where we see people three times. So we meet for three days. Then uh, six weeks later, we meet for six days again. Then six weeks later, we meet for, for three days. So when people come back, and the same happens when I coach people one-on-one. I, I, I There's people I've coached now for two and a half years. Um, so when people come back, And they begin to apply what we've been working on, and and, and they say that they see, you know, um, people react to them differently. They have different outcomes with their stakeholders. They have different outcomes with their team. They do things, and you know, it's because they've, they've, they've build it up they've learned it that's fabulous that that's really the reward for me
0: but again that's really important but again it sounds to me like you're changing people psychologically and you are helping them more like a like really a, a, a personal growth coach but the question is their projects i mean money wise and time wise and scope wise they're really becoming more effective or they just more enjoy being in their projects and they love to work with people more like do you see really business outcome of that
1: of course, yeah, it's it's linked. So if people are better at connecting with others, mm-hmm. if people are better listeners, if people are better at asking the right questions, if people are better at leading their stakeholders, if people are better at um, understanding uh, why they're doing something, all that stuff. If people are better at reading others psychologically, of course, that adds to, to an end outcome. I'll say again what I said in the beginning of the podcast, it's people who deliver projects, it's not processes. Mm. If you do not engage the team, you have a team which is um, um, you know, not engaged, basically. And, and that's one of the biggest problems we have uh, in the Western workforce today, disengaged team members. And we all know it. That doesn't create the best outcomes. Of course not. It, it, it doesn't create team members who really apply themselves, who are really highly motivated, who think, who want to do great things. Of course it doesn't. So when people become better leaders, it, 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 helps or it implicitly it will create a better outcome. And I see that.
0: And you think that everybody is capable to becoming a great leader or it's just, you know, some people are good as... we're In general, we're speaking about programmers because mo- most of my listeners are computer people. So mm-hmm. the question is, can we tell them that, look, some of you are going to be good programmers and some of you are going to be good leaders and just improve your skills, or anybody can become a good leader?
1: Um, I think as, as, as anything in life, some people have a, um, a more... Mm, inclined to be good at something than others some people are uh, naturally more um, skilled in becoming a great musician maybe than others Um, so in leadership everybody has the everybody has the potential to become a better leader I'm not sure everybody has the potential to be a great leader well if, if they work if they work on it so I think it's as with everything to some people it comes more natural but everybody can learn to be better than they are today
0: Mm -hmm. and there's somebody is asking on the on the chat that uh, what do you think about being leaders in teams which are remote so you don't have personal contact with programmers who are sitting somewhere but you still have to manage them so is it still possible or I mean if there's no face-to-face communication if you're basically using some documents to manage people and some chats
1: Um, more and more teams today are remote and being remote so I think No matter the situation, we can employ better leadership skills. What does it mean? It means that we engage people differently. It means that we ask more questions. It means that we listen. It means that we're interested in them. We're interested in why they're on the project, what they can gain from the project. How, again, it's, it's the quality of our relationship coupled with um coupled with an attention to the outcome, of course. Yeah, as we're saying, we're not throwing that away. So even if team members are remote, we can employ that. I think the full potential of leadership probably will not come through in, in a remote team because, you, as we're saying, you, you're, not, you're not actually uh, with people. But um, um, you can still show leadership skills with remote teams in the way that you engage people on during your conference calls for instance or during your um, web chats or whatever you're having if it's just uh, texting people I would say it's harder definitely harder
0: yeah that's true and more and more companies like you just said more teams are becoming remote now and maybe in 10 or 20 years everybody will work remotely so maybe the leadership as well will have to change somehow that the entire idea of leadership don't you think
1: no I mean um I think the idea leadership is leadership. Leadership is rooted in who we are. It's rooted in in our self awareness. So I, I don't think the idea of leadership will change. Leadership is not about tools or techniques. The tools and techniques will change. So how maybe you know uh, we, we 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 engage people may change but I think as people work more and more remotely our, our tools are becoming better so there's much more video conferencing now there's much more um, the collaboration tools are extremely are extremely good not everybody are using them yet but they will so so I think that video will replace a lot of our face-to-face no doubt about it and 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 you know there's people the people in the US i have been coaching for years and I've never met them in person and I always see them on Skype or, or, or another tool and um, mm. It's incredible what you can do with video.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what happens usually when I, what I hear from programmers is that uh, they explain me the situation where they have a, a manager, a leader, you call it whatever you want, the scrum masters they have, like team leads, they're different titles, but somebody who is, who's in charge, and uh, this person usually is not really professional in this management triangle, is, managing, is not good in managing scope or planning or uh, drawing these diagrams. But he's just a big talker and he just spends a lot of time on Skype and he just enjoys being with people. And uh, programmers complain about that. They're saying that the project is not being really managed. We just have somebody who is a good friend of us, but this person is not really capable of professionally managing actually time and scope and budget problems. And, Mm. And this is what I feel that it comes from, in general, the idea on the market right now is that you don't need management skills, all you need is just leadership skills. Don't you no, think don't, it's a problem?
1: I, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I, I very much agree. We need we need, we need need management. You can't just have somebody who is running around being good at talking. That's not leadership. That That's not, I don't know what that is. That's talking.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's what's happening. So people are not really professional. They don't get the education in management. They just become leaders. And they just read a few, big, a few books about leadership. And they just start talking and engaging people. But they don't really know what the difference is between, I don't know, uh, the end-to-end connectivity of tasks and uh, end-to-begin, something like that. So they just don't know the basic stuff of, you know, drawing a diagram of a plan or or calculating the budget, and that will ruin the project.
1: Well, I think, again, different situations. Uh, there are some types of leadership where you don't need to know the detail, but I would say on, on, on projects, you know, it's hard to lead a project if you don't understand the mechanics of, of project management. So I, I would agree with you on that one.
0: Mm-hmm. So when, you, when you're coaching these people, these, uh, these managers and leaders, you're, you're telling them that you have to learn your, uh, your basic skills like management skills and then apply leadership on top of that. Or, so I, we agree about that this is, they don't replace each other, right?
1: Yeah, that's right. They don't replace each other. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's more like an additional um it, it additional skill sets and when i coach people is interesting because we often start off with the management side just to make sure that they have the foundational techniques that they need that they understand how to create a collaborative plan that they understand what what risks what risk is how do they use risk how do they work with risks for instance and we very quickly cover that off because as we've said already it can be learned it's not that difficult it, it's um is, is logical most people have you know if they work in the field they will have they will have certainly awareness about it and then we move into more you know interpersonal stuff and what often happens is that People, The way people come across with others, it's oftentimes a mirror. It's a reflection of themselves. So they've got to deal with their own stuff before they can deal effectively with team members. So if someone says something, something to you and you react, because that stuff comes from the past or, you know, um, people, let's say, people don't say hello to you in the morning when you, when you when you get to work. And all of a sudden you feel that you you are, they're ignoring you and that you're worthless and all this stuff starts off and it has nothing to do with reality. People, we, you know, and, and it affects how you come across in your project. So a lot of people project their own fears and anxieties onto the team. I'm sorry to go a bit psychological here, but but that's what happens. So that's why, you know, a lot of the coaching comes back to well what what who are you really and what what's going on for you and and to learn to unpick these behaviors and understand them
0: mm-hmm. and this leadership uh, hype i don't think it's a hype but it's really popular now it's a trend definitely uh we didn't we didn't have it like 20 years ago right or 30 years ago it's kind of new am i right or i just
1: i don't know i'm not um you're not you know, there. <laughs> 30, i have i have. Uh, over 20 years experience I don't have 30 years experience so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not the right one to compare I don't see a hype really but um I, potentially it could be because um uh, there's been an uh, I think I think there's been an over-reliance on management recently and I think people have started doing MBAs and going on management schools and optimizing this that and the other and having KPIs and you know everything has to be lean and the bottom line it's all management speak, I strategies. And I think for the last many years, there's been a, 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 a real over-reliance on, on management and all the management techniques in the management schools. So if you feel there's more emphasis on leadership now, it could be because we've gone too far in the management uh, camp. I, I don't know if that's true. That's just um, one possible explanation.
0: Because mm-hmm. right now I see, well, I sometimes I speak at management conferences and I that's my observation that out of, for example 50 different talks like 45 of them or more will speak about leadership and this uh, uh, emotional effects on management and how you deal with people and just a few of speakers will actually speak about management something like for example risk management or scope management like foundational things so it sounds to me like a trend so people are more interested in this uh, you know leadership things
1: yeah but it's probably because we oversaturated with management i mean uh what can you say more about risk management that hasn't been said
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. so you think it's like fundamental knowledge which we already have we don't need to discuss it anymore
1: uh yes and no uh, because honestly people are not applying the fundamentals
0: uh-huh. yeah uh, exactly
1: <laughs> and um i mean the amount of people who still don't understand the difference between a risk and an issue of mm-hmm. course professional project managers do but um the other thing is that a lot of people now are running projects because we, we live in a world where everything has changed and everybody has to be a project manager, even if they don't have, uh, it's not their day-to-day work. So there might be an account manager or there might be um, an HR manager, but they also have to run projects on the side. Mm-hmm. So I train a lot of people like that who are, you know, non-professional project managers, if you like, and uh, awareness levels are very low.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you, think, do you think these this leadership skills are actually have to be learned by managers or people who lead the groups, but not for programmers? Because I feel that programmers as well, or people who are actually doing the work, they also need to understand that skills and maybe have them. Or you think there's a clear separation between people doing the work and people leading them and managing them?
1: Um... Well, I think that's a good question, and, and I, I don't think there's a clear segregation. Uh, leadership is actually not about um, the, the title we have or the position we have in an organisation. Everybody can be, everybody can be a leader in in their own right. Of course, there's different types then of leadership. What I mean is that because leadership is so much about self awareness and is so much about. Um, Being aware of my choices, being aware of my reactions, how I engage others, how I interact with others, um, how I listen to others, how I motivate others. That's very relevant to everybody. Um, There's certain types of, you know, project leadership will not be as applicable to a program as it will be to the project manager. But I think this self-leadership is applicable to everybody.
0: So, so programmers at least. Well, that's what I understand. I'm just trying to check that that theory on you. So I f- I feel that programmers they at least need to know how they're being managed. So they need to know what techniques and tools are used by the manager on them in order to understand the big picture. You know, not to be right, offended, yeah. for example, sometimes.
1: Yeah. So um, one of the things that that I I um, often talk to people about is to be to have open conversations, no matter who's who's being managed and who's being the manager who's being led and who's the leader for instance is a question of having the conversation what what do you like more of in your job what do you like less of in your job what 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 how how should we work together so um it's a very bad idea for most managers leaders to be micromanaging to go and check up on people every five minutes very few people enjoy that it's it's controlling so to have the conversation about, okay, so you're working on this particular task, it will probably take you a week or two weeks. How are we gonna check in with each other? Are we gonna check in with each other at the end of every day, every three days, at the end of each Friday? How do we do it? Because I don't wanna be micromanaging you, but I still wanna give you the support that you need. So those conversations about what, what how do you respond best to, um, what type of leadership do you respond best to? What do you need from me as your manager and leader? Having those conversations is really crucial, not just assuming that we're going to get on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And some people, I, I've heard that opinion too, that some people are saying that you have to manage your manager. So be smart enough to to actually not just to listen to what the manager is saying, but actually give something back and maybe manage it back. Like, I don't know how exactly, but that's the word I've heard. That's the phrase, manage your manager. What do you think about that?
1: I... um would have probably used that phrase in the past. I, um, I don't think it's a, a requirement, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it's very true. For instance, I'll give you an example. If you have a project manager who is quite experienced and you have a project sponsor who is not used to running projects at all, you would be in a situation where the project manager can manage the sponsor in terms of feeding them information and decisions that they need to make. Mm -hmm. And I see that as a situation where they're managing the manager. Um, I think the same will happen if you have, let's say, maybe a programmer managing the project manager if the programmer has lots of experience understands the project very well understands the environment very well may even understand the requirements in the client very well the project manager may be a bit new maybe a bit hesitant or as you said before they may have very little experience in in, in the actual field in that case you you you'll be in a situation where the programmer can actually manage the project manager by feeding them certain types of information by being very clear to them There are three options here you need to make you know if you make the decision take the decision one i think that would be the consequence if you make decision two this would be the consequence i'll personally take you know option two but it's really up to you that's a way to manage manage your manager i would say
0: mm-hmm. but don't you think we're taking by by this approach and in general by the applying the leadership skills now which we're talking about we're taking kind of some power and some authority from the manager and uh, our managers are becoming less powerful than than they were before, before they started using this leadership and were just strict managers.
1: Um, Sorry, I didn't follow that. You're saying that managers are becoming less powerful?
0: Less powerful and, and there's less authority on their hands because if you just follow the strict traditional management and you just, well, like we said before, just direct people and tell them what to do, then you feel right. like a big boss. Yeah, now if you apply the leadership skills and this leadership approach, then you feel less like a big boss. So, is it correct?
1: Um, maybe, yes or no. The thing is, leadership isn't about authority. So if I'm the big boss and I have um, 50 people report to me, then I have authority over them. I can probably give them a pay rise. I can, I can decide maybe with come, some consultation to make some of them redundant, whatever. So yeah, I'm the big boss. I can make that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I may be a very bad leader. Right? Yeah. You can have someone else in an organization who's actually a very good leader, but they have—they're a project leader. They have no one officially report to them, but this person um, has a way of people want to work for them, people want to work with them, people want to follow them because they, they feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. Exactly, they respect them, they feel respect, all that sort of stuff. Um, that person, I'm—I'm I'm sure has no need to feel like a big boss. Why would they? It's mm-hmm. not what what drives them. So I think it's a different—it's a different mindset.
0: Yeah, I agree totally. And I do yeah. you think this is the right way to go? So we 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 need to get rid of these big bosses and 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 more think about people <laughs> who are managing by respect and managing by by the, that less I, by I, the badge, I, I, less by the title, and more by the values actually provided.
1: I would love that. You know what? I have worked in finance uh, mm-hmm. for many years before I worked for myself. I have worked for a lot of good managers who were all about KPIs and all about you know. Um, pushing, pushing, pushing for results. They were very yeah. good at that. They, their m- level of emotional intelligence in some cases were shockingly low. Um, they didn't really care about people. Well, I'm sure they did, but they didn't show it. Mm-hmm. And um, their leadership skills, their ethics were like just absolute appalling. Not, not always, but I've, I've seen mm-hmm. many good, le- many good managers and very few good leaders. I would love to see more people who are who are good good leaders but as we said before we shouldn't throw away the management because we we you know it it's also um it's fundamental. It it is it is required as well yeah. Mhm.
0: And have you heard about this word uh holacracy holacracy or I don't know how to spell it right uh uh H O L A holacracy no. It's Like the way of managing, but they're saying that the team has to be more flat, and we're supposed not to have any managers at all. So like the team is actually they completely suggest to remove the role of a manager. So there is no official title for a manager. Just just a flat team where everybody just moving forward according to some internal you know rules or internal intentions. I don't mm. know. That's the
1: well. When you study high-performing teams, or when you read something about the studies they've done in high-performing teams, you'll find that in a high-performing, te- in a truly, truly high-performing team, there is no leader. In a mm-hmm. truly high-performing team, but we are small groups, yeah? Let's say we're a group of five, four or five people. Um, we take turns in making decisions, we take turns in stepping forward, we know each other very well, we work together for a number of years, we understand each other's skills, and we understand each other's strengths. In that situation, it's like we work together in osmosis, almost, right? And we just don't, we just know each other, and we're working towards the same goals. And we have the same values. That's beautiful when that happens. Um, but these are—it can only happen when you have as. A, a, a relatively small number of people because communication has to be so so good and so tight between these people. In a large group, it's very hard to get this. Also, because we work in different teams, people leave, people come, and it takes time to build up that relationship where we understand each other, where we can work seamlessly together. So, I'm not sure it's realistic in teams that are not um, that haven't been working together for a long time.
0: So, it sounds like you're you're positioning this management role as a as a necessity which it's it's kind of a, uh, we just need it instead of we want it. So ideally you're saying in the utopia situation, an ideal situation, we would not need a a leader or a manager or anybody like that. So is it correct?
1: Um, No, I think people take, maybe, maybe people just swap the roles. People take turns in, in maybe taking Uh the leadership role. Maybe that's, more the way of looking at it, but it's not official. It's not like oh now I'm the leader. It's uh-huh. more, it's more we blend in and out of it in in those high performing teams.
0: Based on the current situation or a current value, you can provide, yeah.
1: Yeah, based on based on the situation. Yeah, that's right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe. So based who knows in-
0: better becomes the leader. Who can do better becomes the leader. That kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And we don't have an, it's not like, oh my God, you're taking the lead again. No, because we, we blend, we blend beautifully and, and I think it is an ideal situation. I know that it exists, mm-hmm. but it takes um, quite a lot to get there. Uh, not necessarily. I, um, I've, I've seen different teams get there, but then for, for different reasons, they would, they would, they would spread and, and not come back again to their team. But it, 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 um it's definitely possible and it's beautiful when it happens.
0: Mm-hmm. and can I say that's kind of a summary I'm trying to build can I say that in that team which you just described which is working together for many years and they just know mm. each other uh, can I say that they are such a great team and they don't need a leader or a manager because the rules of work are clear for them they just know how everything yeah. works
1: yeah I think they have the same norms they have norms. a way of um, contracting with each other that's a terrible word but they understand how they what, how they work together yeah exactly mm-hmm.
0: so maybe we can we can we can like a, the next conclusion from that is that if we if a good leader joins the team or a good leader is in the team and builds these rules and norms for some time and then eventually the leader or a manager can just disappear slowly or fade out and the team will just continue to work according to the rules and norms and principles and the discipline already established there
1: yeah and i think that's actually what in in normal scenario most managers leaders should should aim to towards because when a team is first formed of course there's lots of things that are new i don't know how much you know about Tuckman's stages of team development you know you go through the forming and the storming and the norming and performing and that's actually a bit of a reflection of in the beginning there's so much we need to figure out and who's going to take the power and my muscles are bigger than your muscles or whatever and we have to go through that kind of um that phase and and someone has to kind of um, take the lead and and also iron out conflict and and or make sure that we address it and talk about it or whatever and and a really good leader will slowly empower the team and sow all the seeds and take a step back i think that's very true
0: have you seen that leaders in your life
1: i have but as i said before quite um um in corporate, very rarely
0: So probably these people they don't live in the
1: jobs. I I work with leaders like that. Yeah, Uh
0: and these leaders do they enjoy working in big companies in enterprise environment or they just go to startups and small teams where there is more energy, more dynamic.
1: I I I don't I I think it could be either I mean I've spent most of my life in, cor- in corporates of course mm-hmm. now I now is different for me because I work across industry but but my role is different now I I'm I'm more the coach or the trainer or the consultant so I see different I see people in a different light if 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 you know what I mean that mm-hmm. I see them almost taken out of context
0: Okay and a few recommendations I'm asking you because we're quite close to the end I'm asking you to give a few recommendations to our listeners the first question is if the if I'm a programmer now, uh, would you recommend me to try to become a leader and become a manager or stay? Well, do do you think do you do you look at it as the next step in my career or it's not necessarily has to be the next step?
1: No, I don't think I don't think it has to be the next step. We we, we all know that there are can be problems when technical people and programmers are pushed into management because they think that's the right way. They're losing the uh, joy of of what they're doing. In fact, I saw one of my friends last night, and he's been a, he's he's a, he's a programmer. He's a very high-level programmer in one of uh, one of the world's big banks, and um, he's just got a new role in, in, in a new bank, and he's so happy that he's back doing programming again. He said, I spend most of my time programming. Mm-hmm. It's what he, he loves to do, and people have to really recognize and be clear with themselves what is it that they love doing What what is it that makes me want to go to work every day is it because I love to figure out these technical things then then people should should continue to be to, to work with that however the um I would still recommend everybody to work on personal leadership so everybody will gain from learning more about themselves gaining self awareness understanding more about their own behaviors and understanding more how to communicate and, and connect with others I think that's um That's what I would call personal leadership. I think that's relevant to everybody. Mm
0: -hmm. And the next question is, uh, if already I'm a manager, uh, what's the right way for me to grow my career? To stay in a small startup, to manage a small group, like five, 10 people and just be with them or constantly changing teams and growing and moving up in my career ladder, I don't know, to big enterprises and big departments. What do you think is more
1: I actually think a variety of things um, is very beneficial for people. So for instance, but, but this is my view, right? It's, sure. it's, it's not saying it's the right one. Sure. Um, if, if a person, let's say a project manager works in one, area only they can become very good at that area that type of project that type of technology whatever it is but so they get deep knowledge but for leadership i would say it's really good to get a breadth of knowledge so to put yourself in different situations different types of businesses different types of um different technologies just different environments because then we see things differently i'll tell you that one of the biggest problems in big big um uh, uh corporates is that they think in the silos you know people have worked in the same area for like 15 years and they only know how to operate there
0: mm-hmm. um
1: so in big corporations they actually incentivize people to um to do something differently within the same company to to break down the silos so back to your question i would say that it's it's i think for people to develop and to grow it's best to step out and do something completely different make not completely different but Go to a startup for a little while, go back to corporate, be self-employed. You know the amount of stuff I have learned from being, from working for myself. It's mm. incredible, right? If I would, you know, you get a completely different perspective on, 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 on things from, mm. from working for yourself, and, and I think it's a fabulous experience. So I would encourage people to get just different experiences. That, that's what they'll grow from.
0: Mm-hmm. Because I'm asking that because many people, many friends of mine told me that uh, their experience in working in large enterprises, it's all about politics. So they're saying there's no leadership, no management, just politics. So just, they're just trying to get out of that as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, it's, it can be a tough environment to work in, but, yeah. but at on the same time, it can give you some good opportunities, it can give you some good um, insights. So I think, there's, I think there's something to learn as well from big corporates, but uh, it, can be, it can be quite tough.
0: Well, yeah i actually agree with that yeah i also think that there's you will definitely learn something it's not mm. for nothing yeah
1: if, if if nothing else you learn something about yourself <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's true that's true and um what do you think in general about the idea of um, hiring for, for companies of hiring uh, coaches and consultants like yourself is it a good idea in general or they need to solve their own problems internally because some people say that all these external yeah. consultants and trainers, they just come in, they bring some ideas, but then they leave and we just stay with what we have. And these ideas are completely not applicable and all that. You've probably heard that stories.
1: Yeah, and, and that's very true. But I think there's a big difference between a consultant who comes in and gives you a report and tells you what to do and then leaves again, mm-hmm. or a trainer who comes in and trains you for two, day, two days and then leaves again. I think that All of those initiatives are good, but they're they're better, much, much better, if that person stays involved and helps people to implement it. I completely agree with you. Just throwing a bomb or or dropping ideas and then running off, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's that's not a good idea. Oftentimes, I can tell you that I'm fighting for that because I, I run a lot of training as well. I'm fighting, not fighting, but I'm encouraging my clients to... Um, have follow-up sessions where we go. so what, what did you learn? What did you implement? What did you struggle with? How can we help you move on? And it's budget that determines if they do it or if they don't do it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not. It's 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 budget.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you, come, when you come, when you, when you coach the this, these these projects and when you coach these managers, you coach only managers or the entire group of the entire team?
1: It can be either. Mm-hmm. So um, either there's no um, there's no rule. I. Um, Something I've often done is I've coached two people. So I've coached uh, um, like a project manager or sponsor or a, or a project manager and, and a team member. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have the whole group together, I wouldn't call it coaching. It becomes oftentimes it becomes more like training or helping them to kick off the project. So more like uh, being the facilitator with them, helping them to facilitate a kickoff meeting, something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and being the one who verbalizes. So what rules do you want to play by? What, what's important to you. Everybody writes down a, a topic, something that you think is important for this team to work together. But I wouldn't call myself a coach. I would probably more say I'm a facilitator then.
0: Facilitator, so it means you're you, you're, you're getting what they have and then you facilitate it.
1: I'm yeah. helping them, let's say, to define the project or helping them to plan it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And help, helping them to define how they wanna work together. Um, yeah, of course, I use coaching techniques, but I'm not there as, Co- coaching one to many is a little bit of a of a funny thing i i think coaching is more often used when it's one to one
0: mhm okay well sounds interesting and one last question do you have uh, did you have negative experience in coaching these teams did you have people disappointed and saying hey this is not for us like leave us alone <laughs> maybe
1: um that's a good question i have i had that
0: Mm. just let us stay with the traditional management it just works for us we just need more forms more spreadsheets more documents and all this leadership is not for us
1: i'm sure that has happened i actually can't think of an example i have i probably have examples where individual team members got a lot from it but management uh would have um cut it because of budget budget or something like that Mm -hmm. but um I can I can tell you a, f- a funny story. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little while ago, I was asked, um, I was interviewed for um, to run some training for for a company, s- several locations in in Eastern Europe. Actually, it doesn't matter. It's an Australian company, but mm-hmm. they were looking for me to train them in uh, Poland, in um, in Czech Republic, and in uh, Romania, which I mm-hmm. did. And um, there were like about four managers interviewing me. This was uh, all online. Because they wanted to see the trainer before they chose a the trainer, right? Which is fine. That was on yeah. video conference. And they said to me, OK, we love everything you presented, but what in your mind uh, will make this, what is the danger of just training? And this is exactly to the question you asked me before. Mm-hmm. What, what, what can we do as a management team to make this, uh, you know, not just another training? What can we do to make it stick? Know what I said to them? I said to them, um, I can tell you, but you're not going to like the answer. <laughs> and they said, OK, t- tell us what the answer is. I said, the answer is that I also train you Um, Mm -hmm. because oftentimes I will train project managers and what they'll say to me is, oh, I wish my manager had been here Uh Uh, because, you know, we're not getting the support from our management or, you know, they don't understand project management or they just, they just tell us to give them a deadline and they don't want to listen to anything else, whatever, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's true enough. Of course I trained their teams, but I didn't train the managers. I didn't even meet them and and that to me is is such a missed opportunity i mean they asked for it they they, they were in, they wanted they wanted to hear but they didn't they didn't want the they didn't want to work with it they didn't want to engage